Hello, I'm Nicole Clark, speech language pathologist and vice president of compliance education for HealthPro Heritage. You're listening to the Compliance Connection podcast, your connection to information and strategies that will help you, the clinician, keep up with industry guidelines and requirements. The word compliance often comes with some level of anxiety. We're here to ease that anxiety by providing you with information about all aspects of your clinical practice that will help you provide the best possible service to your patients. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope you enjoy this episode. This week's episode begins a three-part series on strategic scheduling for home health. It's my pleasure to introduce to you in order of appearance some great Health Pro Heritage clinicians. We're going to talk through some strategies that they use in their daily practice. First, you will hear from Chris Strain, a PT and Rehab Director in the Dallas-Fort Worth, North Texas market, and Nikki Dotti, PTA, as they talk through some scenarios to avoid missed visits when possible and manage or reduce delays in admissions and startup cares. Then, Brandon Welsh, OT and Rehab Director for the St. Louis market, and Jennifer Wallace, COTA, will discuss strategies for managing the highs and lows of patient caseload and visit volume. If you have any questions or want to troubleshoot any of your agency's specific scheduling challenges, please reach out to your RVP today. My name is Chris Strain. I'm a physical therapist in Dallas-Fort Worth, North Texas region, and I will let my colleague introduce herself. Hi guys, my name is Nikki Doty. I'm a physical therapist assistant. I've been working with Health Pro Heritage for about four months now, so hitting the ground running. I'm excited to be here. All righty, we're here to hopefully give you guys some good information regarding some helpful tips to communicate more effectively, um, avoid missed visits, uh, effectively uh, manage delays and admissions, starter cares, things of that nature, some things to help you out in the field. If you want to kind of get going, Nikki, and uh, ask me the first question, we can go from there. So one of the first questions that was posed to us was, we know staffing is a big issue for nurses and therapists alike in home health, um, which can cause delays and timely initiation of care. How do you navigate referrals that come to you before the patient's start of care is completed? So communication is obviously key in, in everything that we do. In this case, we know that sometimes there can be a fairly significant lag time occasionally and start of care is being done, you know, whether that's a patient still in the hospital or difficulty contacting patients or families or various various things. So it's just important to always communicate effectively with the families, with the patients and with the agencies. Check your central referral location in your EMRs that you're using. In our case here in DFW, your referral inbox, just that you can always reference, hey, who's who's still out there that I need to schedule. Okay, I know this one was delayed. Follow up with the agencies and the families as appropriate. And that way you always know, at least hopefully kind of tentatively once you reach them, when admissions visit's gonna be performed and and how do you proceed from there? What would you say on, on your end, Nicole, as far as managing when those visits are available for you to treat, but sometimes having to deal with that lag time, what would you say there? Well, for me, I handle it a little bit differently. So I pretty much accept everything that's in my area. Um, And so I kind of 
just try to group my patients together. And when I'm accepting those referrals, I realize that it can sometimes be a week, two weeks before they actually hit my schedule. So I really don't turn very much down unless it's far from where I'm seeing patients currently. Um, so I do a lot of my accepting in that respect. And then once I accept them, I just kind of watch for them to actually hit my referral box. And then like our central, um, scheduling system is therapy sync so i always look there um, under my referrals but also under my patients because once those patients are assigned to me then i can see everything as far as the start of care has been done the pt uh, evaluation has been assigned and then i know who my pt is going to be for that patient and then i can kind of communicate with that pt specifically so that's how i kind of handle those as they come to me awesome Let's um, let's move on to the second question. So we know in home health it's important to stay organized, but also to be flexible. So how do you shift your schedule for evaluations that end up being non-admits or canceled referrals or patients lack of availability by, while still being able to be efficient? So as far as um, patient visits that come to me, um, I'm like I said, I'm staying in close communication with my supervising PT that's doing those evaluations. And most of the time, um, there's a communication between myself and the PT where they will let me know if the patient has certain days that don't work for them or they have uh, doctor's appointments the week that I'm taking over visits or things like that. So I try to really be efficient on the front end of scheduling. Um, and then I always leave room every day in my schedule if I need to slide people over. And most patients are pretty flexible. So if you have a cancellation and say, hey, I'm running an hour or two ahead of time, usually they're, they're easy, easy going, let you slide that over and they go, yeah, sure, come on, I'm not going anywhere or whatever. So I try to keep it Keep it pretty simple as far as where I'm grouping people and that way it's it's an easy slide if I have a cancellation or something like that. Absolutely. Um, it's hard for me to add a lot to that answer on, on my end still just like you say try to group them together geographically as best as possible and then trying to kind of group, group patients together time-wise so that if you if you have availability at the end of the day to slide someone on there or reschedule someone that needs to be rescheduled or if you have a cancel, you have some room to try to schedule someone else maybe and, and get them on the schedule. And as Nicole said, I mean, most patients are pretty understanding. Yeah, we, we like to let them know in advance when they're scheduled, but if we at least give them some notice and said, hey, I have a cancellation or reschedule, they're usually pretty understanding about us getting them in at, at another time. Yeah, I'll elaborate on that a little bit because um, I when I first communicate with a patient, I usually let them know like, hey, I'm going to I'm going to try to get to you like Tuesday or Wednesday, but I may have some availability Monday. Would it be OK if I let you know kind of last minute? You know, if I have somebody cancel on me in the morning, maybe I could slide you in in the afternoon. And most of the time they're cool with that because they most of the time they want to get going, too. So I always try to communicate again, goes back to communication up front with the patient. So. Hello, I'm Brandon. I'm the rehab director for the St. Louis market of Triple H. And here with me also, I am uh, Jennifer Wallace. She's at CODA. Hello. And so, okay, so Jen, uh, I'll, I'll direct this first one to you. Um, so in regards to just uh, your volume and everything that you see in the home health setting um, with us and whatnot, 
how would you manage your high and low volume visit weeks? So I think initially, um, you know, after kind of I meet a patient, I do like to kind of go in and chat with each patient, you know, and family as regards to kind of, um, you know, kind of what their week looks like. I like to be a little bit preemptive as to, or when I make a phone call, you know, how's kind of, you know, your week this week, I like to call on Sunday and kind of get a little bit of an idea for the week because, you know, we hate to, you know, have a missed visit with anybody. So I do kind of like to front load heavy at the beginning of the week, especially those patients that live a little bit closer to me. You know, you can sneak in a lot more visits in the beginning of the week and then maybe some of those visits that are a little bit farther or patients who have more limited availability, um, then you can kind of slide them in a little bit, you know, in the middle of the week towards the end of the week and making sure that we're not missing you know, any of those visits. That's kind of how I kind of like to do it. And then when I see them again, preemptively asking, tell me what your next week looks like. Do you have doctor's appointments? Are there days that you don't like? Um, do you have family things going on? And then kind of the time of the day. Are you an AM person? Or are you a PM person? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I, I would say that I'm, I'm probably just about the same way when it comes to that kind of stuff as well, um, especially just on the evaluator side. Sometimes some weeks we're going to have a ton of uh, evaluations. Some weeks we're not going to have as many or whatnot, but just trying to figure out, you know, what is the best way with those high and low volume visit weeks? What What is the best way to kind of make sure that everybody gets scheduled or we are rescheduling patients or we're trying to work around doctor's appointments and any other types of things that are going on in the patient's lives as well. So, no, that's perfect. You answer that absolutely perfectly. So that's great. <laughs> um, our next question. What strategies would you use to avoid missed visits throughout your week? So probably the biggest strategy that I do do use is trying to be really do a really good job with my communication. So um, I do let patients, family members know too, like, hey, you know, I do try to look at my schedule ahead of time. I'm in this area because, you know, you, I want to maximize my time um, so I can squeeze more patients in. I try to say, you know, I've got this many patients this week in this area, this many in this week, and they can kind of divide that up. That way I can say, you know, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, I'm out here. If you're not totally sure what day is going to work for you, you think about it. I'll call you on a Monday. You can kind of, you know, pick a day or a time. That way I know if Monday doesn't work, oh, shoot, you know, I'm going to be in a totally different area. I don't want to miss that visit, but I still want to maximize my time and then have a quality treatment. That's kind of how I kind of go about doing that. That way, because, you know, we don't want to miss those visits. Everybody yeah. needs their therapy, so. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And obviously, it's a it's a, a little bit different when, um, you know, the, the evaluator um, and the assistant and whatnot and trying to manage those missed visits um, and, and making sure that we're getting everybody as soon as we possibly can. But I, I use, obviously, the same type of strategy that you would use as well to, um, you know, you give them a call. Uh, you know, day prior, couple days prior, something like that. And we're just saying, hey, I am going to be out your way on this day of the week. Would that work for you if I'm able to, to come out and see it? I, I tend to be just a little bit suggestive sometimes saying, hey, I'm going to be out there. I'm going to be just a few miles away from your house. Would this day work out for you? More often than not, those those little, you know, slide comments that you just put in there real quick, it, it kind of helps out a little bit uh, when it comes to that scheduling piece. So, no, that's that's beautiful. That's that's definitely the best way to do it or one of the best ways to do it, um, especially, you know, 
you know, we're seeing a patient twice a week, you know, something like that. And it's something that, that, you know, you and I would have to work out coming from, okay, I need you to go and see this person before I, I go and do a reassessment or, you know, especially a discharge or something like that. So you and I having that comment, that, uh, communication between each other, making sure that I'm not going to go and see this person for a reassess before you even go and have the chance to see them for a visit that week or anything. So I know uh, you and I, we have wonderful communication and everything whenever we go to that kind of stuff. So that works out really well and everything. I think I know for my, my side of things it does. So. No, you do a great job. I know I do try to also look a little bit ahead too and see if you have, you know, like a reassessment. That way I make sure I front load that too. That way it gives you more flexibility at the back end you know, that way you're not missing your visit and I'm, you know, I don't want to see him on a Thursday and then you see him on a Friday, hopefully. <laughs> yeah, right. And it, I mean, it, and sometimes it just works out that way or whatnot, but we also have to be, you know, just mindful of, uh, you know, both PT and OTR on this patient and they're seeing twice a week from each other. Well, that's four visits in the entire week. And right. if we're going back to back to back to back, the patient's going to be very tired. And then, you know, how's their, how's that therapy session going to look whenever we go and see them after so many visits and whatnot, but obviously keeping in mind, you know, when, where they are in the CERT period and everything, just making sure, or the, the 30 day reassessment, just trying to make sure we're getting all of those visits done timely. I think the best thing, especially, you know, just coming from evaluator and assistant is that communication piece for sure. Absolutely. So, all right. Thank you for joining us today for part one of our three-part series on strategic scheduling for home health. Stay tuned for part two, where we continue the conversation with Chris, Nikki, Brandon, and Jennifer, and discuss communication between the evaluator and the assistant, and how that translates into treatment and with planning schedules. We hope you'll tune in.